This is Taylor Talk, the number one Taylor Swift podcast brought to you by taylortalk.org. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 205 of Taylor Talk, the Taylor Swift podcast. My name's Adam. I'm Diane. And I'm Steve. And for all you dog lovers out there, today's show is brought to you by BarkBox. For a free extra month of BarkBox, visit BarkBox.com slash TaylorTalk. Again, that's BarkBox.com slash TaylorTalk when you subscribe to a 6th or 12-month plan. We'll be hearing a little bit more about them later in the episode. Thank you, BarkBox. So what's up, guys? I'm just excited to finally talk about this song because this song is my favorite song on the album. So I'm very excited. Is that so? Yes. Good. Alrighty. So yeah, guys, we are here today to talk about Delicate, and we're going to be getting to that in just a little bit. We've got a great analysis for you talking about the evolution of the sound throughout the song, because within one song itself, you'll see the sound evolves. We'll talk about the lyrics, everything we usually go through. So if you're brand new to the show, welcome. If you've been listening for a while, welcome back. You guys ready to go? Yeah. Let's do it. I'm actually not ready to go quite yet, because I have a bone to pick. You have a, oh, what's going on? A bone to pick. Is like it, a dog bone? Yeah, that's very punny, isn't it? Oh, it Especially is. since today's episode is brought to you by BarkBox. Anyway, Ooh. so people are wondering, they're like, where was the Taylor Talk episode on the Endgame music video? Because usually we cover music videos too. Mm, yes. But there's a reason. So that video is yet another video directed by Joseph Kahn, who Taylor's worked with in the past. I have not watched this video because I think that Joseph Kahn is a giant piece of garbage. And I'm not talking about his work. As an artist, he does good work with Taylor, but I refuse to support him because of a certain Twitter tirade that he went on, um, you know, about a month ago, back in January. So uh, right around the time the video came out. So anyway, long story short, he went on this long Twitter tirade attacking a specific breed of dog, being the pit bull. Um, My very own puppy, Clark Kent, who has made his little cameo appearances here on the show, and I love him dearly, is part pit bull. So I took personal offense to this. And the thing is, is, is this is where I'm going with this, is Joseph Kahn has this platform where he's able to spread information to a mass audience. But the biggest problem here is he is spreading misinformation. He's spreading misinformation that is not rooted in truth and is completely biased. Basically, long story short, he posted a bunch of tweets, posting articles to Pitbull attacks, things like that, blaming the Pitbull, blaming the breed. See, even Clark's crying right now, if you guys can hear him. He's very upset. He doesn't like Joseph Kahn either. Yes. (laughs) He really doesn't. So anyway, um, like one one of his tweets to kind of sum up all of them, he said, I honestly just passed the time sending facts and videos to Pitbull owners. It amuses me. But the thing is, is That's everybody... That's really cruel. That's in... that, that, to me, is in... incredibly cruel. He's like, be... these people love their dogs, and why would you send them these, like, like facts, if you want to call them that, which there aren't, about they're, pit bulls? They're not. He's being a complete jerk. He's being a total jerk, and I refuse to support him because he's attacking people online, too. And when people are trying to have open conversations with him, saying, you know, punish the breed, or punish the deed, not the breed type mentality where you take a stance where it's not the dog's fault it's how they're raised and things of that sort that go with that he refuses to accept it and he refuses to accept facts and counter evidence so you know for example he posted another tweet that said now that's a family dog golden retrievers with hearts right and as he posted that someone replied with an article about a golden retriever that 
I don't know if this is too gruesome to say on here, but we'll say the dog killed a two-month-old baby. Um, No, I'm not taking a stance against Golden Retrievers. I love all dogs. My sister has a Golden Retriever, and I love that dog dearly. But the point I'm getting at is when provoked or when instigated in some way, shape, or form, whether it's right or wrong, a dog can attack. It doesn't matter the particular breed. Now, specifically, if you actually did some research into this, Joseph Kahn, I know you're not actually listening, but here's some information for you. According to the American Temperament Test Society, they actually conducted research on different breeds, right? They tested 913 American Pit Bull Terriers. Now, if you don't know what temperament means, it's basically their personalities, their natural personalities, and, and what guides their behavior. So he tested, or they tested 913 American Pit Bull Terriers. 87.4% of them passed with a good temperament, right? So roughly 9 out of 10. They tested 804 golden retrievers by comparison, only 85% passed, 2% less than the pit bulls. So interestingly enough, while Joseph Kahn is going on this rant about pit bulls, pit bulls, pit bulls, golden retrievers actually have a slightly worse temperament naturally. Now, again, I'm not attacking golden retrievers. It's just for comparison's sake, mm-hmm. because he was building up Golden Retriever saying that's a family dog, but a pit bull's not. And I thoroughly disagree. And interestingly enough, one of the worst personality dogs is the Chihuahua. But nobody <laughs> talks about them because they're these tiny little yappy things. But only 69% of Chihuahuas pass the temperament test. So anyway, long story short, it's just, in my opinion, incredibly irresponsible of Joseph Kahn to be spreading misinformed and harmful information given this large platform that he has. And so I decided to use our platform here to spread accurate information backed by research and fact. And that that is kind of that. That's my rant of the day here. It was good. Um, so I'm wondering just kind of what you guys have seen. Are people pushing back against him for these tweets like do other fans not want to watch you know the end game thing or like i don't know what i have observed is that a lot of fans are upset with him and are replying to his tweets but that's not necessarily stopping them from supporting the music video because the other half of it is it is taylor swift's music video i know but then that just sort of leads me to the question like why is Taylor Swift working with somebody who is saying these things online? Like, does she agree with that? Like, she hasn't said anything to contradict him. We don't know if she's talked to him about it. Like, we just don't know. So she's been very silent on this issue as she has on lots of other issues. And so I just wonder, like, kind of what's going on in her head. And that makes me wonder because he is one person, but she works with him. So kind of where does she stand on this is my question i do not think for a minute that taylor swift supports these particular viewpoints i know that she herself is more of a cat person um she's got her cats but we know that her mom's got this big old great dane and her mom's a dog person and and taylor's been around dogs and things of that sort i don't think she dislikes dogs and I, i don't think she would take this viewpoint i don't think his views reflect hers in the slightest um again that's purely speculation without her actually commenting officially but um right but like we're in this like time now where people with a platform speak out against things or you know and it's just sort of like she's quiet on this and she's quiet on a lot of issues and that i don't know like i feel like that's gonna come back to bite her if it hasn't already like not just with this with lots of other things that are 
happening, she's very silent. She's silent on everything. Like, when was the last time she tweeted? Steve, are you still with us? I am definitely oh, okay. still with you guys. <laughs> Steve, you were very quiet for a minute, but it's interesting. I, I was just, uh, I was just observing. I wasn't. Uh, I really haven't uh, been online all that much to know what's been going on with the situation. Yeah. So I've kind of been out of that. But uh, well, it's one of those things you can't put just because someone's silent on it, because it's the same sort of stuff about people questioning Taylor's political views because yeah. she says certain things or doesn't say certain things. Yeah. So. I don't even think that we can even really I'm I'm just going to go with professionally she would enjoy working with Joseph Kahn so that's why she continues to do it the music videos come out they're always very good mm-hmm. so th- she's just probably continuing that that's all yeah that's why I said I don't think his re- views reflect hers or vice versa but um, an interesting place you see something going on like that though Diane and another fan base is actually within Harry Potter right now there's a lot of backlash on the new Fantastic Beasts movies um, as a result of the director, David Yates, and also J.K. Rowling herself supporting the casting of Johnny Depp in a uh, mainstream role of Grindelwald, um, you know, despite his accusations of domestic violence against his uh, now ex-wife, I believe, mm-hmm. and um, all kinds of stuff like that. In light of the whole Me Too movement, a lot of fans are now saying that while they still support Harry Potter at its core, they're kind of distancing themselves from J.K. Rowling as their uh, idol, so to speak. Right, so. but at least she's come out and said something. Like I feel like the fact that Taylor hasn't made comments about anything because she doesn't want to be put in the wrong, probably, is actually still making her in the wrong. Like I would rather her say something wouldn't you but like I, I just want honestly, to know that she's I'm, like participating in this like political culture i'm gonna be as honest as i can with this particular issue i take it very personally because of my own pup yeah um i don't think that taylor finds uh whether or not dogs are nice or mean a big enough issue to make a public statement like i really don't think she even has any idea that this was going on on twitter I don't know, because I, I always think she's very careful about who she hangs out with and who she, like, and, like, you know, because she's constantly trying to protect the way people perceive her. I don't know. The, I don't think we're ever going to come to a conclusion. It's just, I just have, a, like, a lot of why questions, and they're not going to be answered. <laughs> no, they, they, they won't. And, you know, I've just, I've just said my piece. I just want to make sure it's out there that pit bulls are actually inherently good dogs. Um, just like other dogs they can be trained to be violent just like other dogs can be trained to be violent they're just you know particular targets for for dog fighters and people who breed them to do that really, type of stuff really strong. because they're incredibly strong they're very muscular dogs naturally but it's not because they're inherently mean they're not um in fact my, my little clarky pup is probably one of the sweetest and most kind dogs I've ever grown up with. And I've grown up with labs and golden retrievers and stuff. And I'm pretty sure Clark is actually the friendliest of them all. He's very lovable. He's very lovable and cuddleable. So, um, but <laughs> that's not necessarily what we're here to talk about. So we're, we are here to talk about Delicate. So you guys ready to get into the song? Let's, Let's do it. it. Okay, so going through our series with the Reputation album, the Reputation songs, we've been talking about... Well, at least I have anyway. I still haven't figured out if you guys agree with me. This idea of a concept album where there's this common theme throughout every song that everything kind of ties back to, despite having their own little individual stories tying to a larger common theme. 
And in the case of the past few episodes, the kind of conclusion I came to was that, you know, a reputation is this complex thing that actually doesn't exist. It's not a real representation of a person, despite it being their reputations. Yeah, it's like some like abstract concept that lots of people come up with and assign to that person, even if it's not true. Right. So that's been kind of what I think is this common theme. And I guess as we go through it, we'll be able to figure out, like, does it continue to hold true? Is, is that still accurate? But something unique about this song that we want to point out is how the sound evolves throughout the song to represent the feelings and emotions and the general tone of the song. Typically, we stick to lyrics here because we're kind of word people, um, you know, and not music people. At least I'm not really a music person. I'm more of a word person. But... <laughs> Um, this was something that Diane initially pointed out to me and I kind of went with it and I was like, yeah, yeah, yes, you're right. Yes, give me all the credit. Yes, <laughs> yes, Diane is right. Say it again Yay. for the people in the back. Diane is right. <laughs> it wasn't anything we were arguing on, so I can't I, like. I know, a... it's just it's just a nice change. I feel like it's nice. Anyway, Adam, continue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 okay, so. Anyway, it opens up in the first few verses, and we'll talk about it. You know, it almost sounds like a heartbeat, the tone, Mm -hmm. right? And I think the overall tone is meant to be a very anxious, early relationship type of feeling. Yes. So starting off with that that first verse, right? We've got, this ain't for the best, which bad grammar there, Taylor, shame on you. Um, it should be isn't. This isn't for the best. This ain't <laughs> for the best. I know. I know. Artistic choice. Artistic choice. Um, author's choice on this case. But um, she had to make it fit in the sound. But so, anyway. So hold on. Can we just talk about that one line for right now? Can we just start with that? Uh, this ain't for, for the best. Because Steve, sure. I, I don't know how you feel or maybe it's just in my little world. But every time that I've heard this song, except for today when I actually took the time to read what the song actually said, I thought she was saying this is for the best. Hmm. Because I misheard it multiple times. Like Starbucks lovers? Yeah, except this one, <laughs> that's, that's to me, makes ever. more sense than Starbucks lovers. But anyway, like, so that changes it for me. I'm like, well, what what does she mean now? This ain't for the best. Well, let's analyze that yeah, for a second. Like, it. this ain't for the best. My reputation's never been worse. I think it's opening the song with feelings of insecurity. That's kind of where it initially starts. And you've got the, like I said, the sound is the heartbeat racing to go along with it. You're opening up with insecurity. And it's very interesting because one of the things, while Diane was mentioning earlier, there's a lot of things political and otherwise that Taylor is not outspoken about. Um, She is quite often outspoken about being comfortable in your own skin and being confident in the person you are. That's true. Steve, did you want to say something? Yeah, I just, I don't know if I get the heartbeat thing as much as, um, to me, it's just kind of like an auto-tune robot kind right, of sound. So We're not talking about vocals. We're talking about, if you listen to the actual music behind it, there's sort of a Hold on, hold on. So at beat. the beginning of the song, for this, I believe this is the pre-chorus that she has, there's no sound except for her voice at the very beginning. So, oh, the first few lines, yeah. yes. So the heartbeat, Steve, doesn't start until the first verse. Right now, okay. it's like just like her voice is the only sound. So it's very like quiet, which I think is interesting mm-hmm. here that she kind of starts with like this quiet sense and her song is like what she says is the actual like song part of the So I appreciate that clarification. Yeah. Um, because I'm looking at the lyrics and I feel like the lyrics here um, imply that sense of insecurity. Right. And I think that is also important with the sound because since this first part is very quiet, it's like she 
has to like break through to say something or to say how she feels like she's very um alone at the beginning because she's not with this person yet so maybe that's reflective in the sound because that's kind of what i i felt what it was it was almost and that that's why i was even taking it kind of from a robot perspective Uh to understanding about a relationship in a way yeah not so much being a person here like a human okay (laughs) <laughs> yeah so it's like it's like she's like completely outside of it that even her voice sounds very unhuman right because it does switch over once you get into that first verse that mm-hmm. the auto-tune robot voice is gone yeah you know adding to that though talking about robot and the feeling of not being human um the way i interpreted that first little section of words there i don't know what you want to call it if you want to call it first a verse line. or not yeah but yeah within those first few lines is it almost seems like she's in a bit of a depression as as the main character of the song. Yeah. Um, you know, so she's got this ain't for the best. My reputation's never been worse. So you must like me for me. It's almost like it's not this confidence. It's sort of like a, oh, I guess you like me. Well, to me, she almost mm-hmm. sounds surprised. She's like, so he doesn't like me from for like what people say about me. So wait, he likes me for me? Like, like it's like wait, the I'm real confused. person, though. But that to yeah. me is... That, that's not depression. That's, hey, if you can find someone that actually likes you for who you are, yeah. that's that's a great situation. I'm yeah. saying the timing of it sounds like it's at a point where she as the character is in a depression. And I think in a, actually a larger sense, I think that's really important to look at because there's probably a lot of people that, that listen to her music that go through their own things and feel that she is perfect and her life is perfect. She has money, she has fame, she has I power, etc., etc. And it's daily. actually almost almost opposite. Her lack of being human here is actually showing her humanity. Mm-hmm. She she is a mortal, a mere mortal like the rest of us. Mm-hmm. So I think that's an important message that's conveyed for through these first several lines. Well, Adam, if you're going on the depression part, I think it ties in a little bit later in this verse, so we'll yeah. keep it at that. Yeah. Okay, so keep yeah, going. so it keeps going. You know, we can't make any promises now, can we, babe? But you can make me a drink. Yeah. So there comes in the alcohol right off the bat. <laughs> but um, yeah, it could be a soda. Sure. Um, but I think this part is important too because that kind of is a change in her like progression from kind of how she thought of love from the very beginning when she first you know sang songs when she was like 18 um because now she's like well we can't promise to be together but you can make me drink and well, this is gonna be right for now do you not think so steve or you know what i I, th- I looked at that line and i broke it down very specifically she's talking to the bartender in this in a way but you, you can make so? me yeah because you can make me a drink a bartender makes drinks so she's calling the bartender go- babe <laughs> i mean if, if you're you're hitting on the bartender people do that stuff all the time That's i'm not saying true. it's good or bad but that happens all the time um the other part is if you go with the whole depression part at the beginning like hey everything's i had a bad day you know my reputation's never been worse i'm gonna go out to the bar and have a drink maybe i'll feel better and then all of a sudden you see a sweet bartender behind the bar there and Except start... if we're talking about how the sound and the lyrics tie together, I feel mm-hmm. like she'd be secluded at this point somewhere by herself. Well, you can be alone at a bar. I don't. Think yeah, that's, that's what it is. It's just on. the two of them. Maybe. Yeah. We can agree to not agree. 
Right. And <laughs> let's let's assume she's at a bar. That's where this drink is being made because of what comes up next. Yeah, and here's the thing with what comes up next. Here's where it gets really interesting in the lyrics and and um the sound really tie together very, very well. So I'm just going to go through the whole verse real quick, and then yeah. we can kind of go through lyrics by lyrics. But you've got dive bar on the east side where you at. Phone lights up my nightstand in the black. Come here, you can meet me in the back. Dark jeans and your Nikes, look at you. Oh, damn, never seen that color blue. Just think of the fun things we could do, because I like you. So you've got rhyme, 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 rhyme. And she's used rhyme in the past because rhyme helps songs flow, right? Mm-hmm. So we've got the rhyme, although... At oh, and black and at back, black back, with an and then A you've sound. got you blue do you. Yeah. Um, so you've got these you've got these rhyming words in there, right? And this is where that heartbeat noise kicks in, where it's mm-hmm. like bum 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 bum, right? So mm-hmm. what's interesting is in the past we've seen her use repetition, like in Out of the Woods, is where we first noticed it to give an anxious feeling. Here, mm-hmm. it's the rhyming and the heartbeat that make it very anxious at this point. Yeah. Makes sense. So I think that's kind of what's what's interesting. So now let's kind of go back and look at what we can pull out of this verse, right? We've got dive bar on the east side where you at is how it starts. Um, you know, I, I wonder at least I don't know about you guys if east side is a is a, another Gatsby reference because no, seems, it's NYC. It's the east side of the. I city. get that, but so was Gatsby. Okay, but that's they got east egg west egg. Okay, but that's a different part. She's talking about being in the city now whatever <laughs> that's what people refer to when they say east side i'm just i'm just telling you um and also this is an actual place this is a real bar so dive you bar so you assume side. it is i looked it up on yelp dive bar is on the east side there is a bar called dive bar so that should be a capital d capital b proper noun dive bar it's a place. <laughs> where's the lyric book um what did you do with the lyric book where's I, the lyric I, book? I hid it away you can look at it i want see to see it. this Song track five. Yes, there you go. Okay, she didn't capitalize. It does the B not and capitalize bar. the B and bar. All right, she well, probably there's... need to get permission if she would. But it can just represent anything too. I, yeah. I think... Does she need permission? Because a couple lines later, she talks about Nikes. That's true, and she capitalized Nikes. But whatever. Anyways, dive bar on the east side. Where you at? So well, anyway, <laughs> uh, I, this is really cool because I think it sets the setting. Yes. For the song, like you can, you can see where you are, right? But but that's part of what that first verse is, where where it's almost ready to describe this exact thing in fine detail, which would go a little bit with the robot because the robot would see all these very specific things that would make that out. You know, you're yeah. describing a story. It really is what you're doing. Every everything has some sort of color to attach to it, or yeah. Although, Steve, so you think she's already at the bar at the beginning? Because I don't think she's there yet. I think it's, I don't know. Because it it, reads like a text message to me because you've got phone lights up on my nightstand in the black. Yeah. So So she's in a dark room and her phone lights up. So I see this as like she's at home about to sleep. She's like, I'm not going to go out tonight. And then this guy texts her and he's like, hey, I'm here. You should come meet me. And so it's like this light in her dark place, actually, of, you know, she actually has this, like, hope now. Like, oh, well, I guess I could go meet this person. I could see how this goes. That's a great little double meaning of light there because you've got lights up, my nightstand in the black. black. It's dark. So you've got, remember, we were talking about that idea of antithesis where we've got two contrasting 
uh, ideas next to each other. So you've got light and dark, which is, of course, the most basic core. Yeah. Like Well, and then your first thing. two lines are best and worst. And there's a couple other ones throughout the song. We'll get to another one mm. here later on. But, yeah, you best know, and worst. And, and even yeah. Nightstand itself, you think Nightstand in the black, like Nightstand, that's... It's a dark, mm-hmm. you know, it could have been like dresser or something like it specifically was nightstand. Well, one, because people put their phones there, but two, it goes very well with black and very opposite of lights up. You know, this is what's interesting about um, language, right, is because it can be interpreted by the reader in so many ways, because I see this tying into my original thought with the first set of uh, lyrics where you've got this depression because who would be lying in their room alone in the dark? Everyone who ever goes to sleep at night, <laughs> Ex- except that, except that it's she's not asleep. Early. Yeah, she's not asleep. It's early enough where you could still be going out and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and I, like I said, I do read this as a text conversation because you know this "where you at" thing. That's you know how all you young whippersnappers talk. Stop. Hey, Steve, where are you at? <laughs> but, but maybe that is get off my lawn. Asking where they're at because the other part of that is just with the whole "meet me in the back." To me, that that goes back to the bartender or something like that. Unless there's some sort of, you know, what, what's going on in the back? Like who gets no, in the know, back? Okay, hang on, to, hang on. Because yeah, go, Taylor Diane. Swift can't just walk into a bar through the front door. Like she has to go in in the back and be like, I am not really here, but I am here. Like this is trying to, you know, maintain a little bit of privacy. But here's here's the thing, because this just clicked with me. Speaking of that, Diane, she she would have to go in the back anyway. But saying the way it is, it's like. You know, dive bar on the east side, where you at? Like, this is where I am. Where are you, right? Yeah. And then mm-hmm. it's saying, come here. You can meet me in the back because you, you've you got this whole, like, you don't have to be seen. You don't have to talk mm-hmm. to anybody else. That's how I interpret the meet me in the back part. Because, of course, literally, as a celebrity, she has to go in through back doors and things like that or else get mobbed on the street. Um, but sort of on a – what's the word I'm looking for? Another well, level. kind of a secretive meeting of sorts. Yeah. yeah. It's it's a, hey, you know, it just has to be us. Like, you don't have to do anything special. Like, just come meet me in the back. We'll sneak you in. It's, like, very casual. But but I think that is, there's an extra meeting that goes with that. Because I did have that note about, like, a secret meeting. And the the two of these people are not having a public sort of relationship. This is just private between the two of them. Nobody else knows. That's Well, and this is also, too, I even think that so they don't even like they're not even together they're like they were probably just talking or this is like the first time that they ever hung out on their own and she's like oh my gosh like he's really cute and really awesome like this could be something Mm -hmm. so i yeah i yeah this to me is like their like first pre-date like not even their first date even this is just Just a meetup yeah just like Mm -hmm. the first time that they hung out on their own Right, um, just it's an impromptu meetup. I don't yeah. know that it necessarily has to be the first time it was ever one on one, though. It just seems like it because I, yeah, I don't know. I just I, have I'm, that I'm saying they met up before because it's the bartender and her. From earlier, I don't know, universe. Steve. I don't know about this. This bartender. is the first time that they're out on their own, the two of them together. Like, yeah. Steve, there are so many things throughout this song I've wanted to break out in song when you've said it. <laughs> Most recent is Hey Bartender, but uh, oh, yeah. there, there was also, jeez, uh, I can't even remember what you said earlier, but there were a couple things. Oh, I there, there's all sorts back. of songs that pop into my head, like even You Must Like Me For Me. As soon as I hear that Me For Me, there's only one song that pops into my mind she for that. Me For Me. Right. <laughs> that's yeah. Hey Leonardo, Plus yeah, You Know that's Souls. Yeah, a good song. 
<laughs> I had to look it up because I was like, what's the real name of that song, though? Because I always just know it as the You Like Me For Me song. Steve, yeah. you're such a great singer. Sorry. Just yeah. like me. We're, we're great singers. I'm just doing that little high-pitched delicate part that comes throughout here. Delicate. You know? <laughs> so um, let's try and finish up this verse real quick. Uh, so we've got dark jeans in your Nikes. Look at you. Oh, damn. Never seen that color blue. Can you just read think it with more feeling? Yeah. Fun things we could do because I like you. Beautiful. Thank you. Why the yeah. color blue? Uh, probably because so. his eyes are blue. Yeah. It's, uh, probably blue eyes because if you look back at Gorgeous, you've got reference to blue eyes also. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're not. Re- she's not referencing the color of the Nikes because that's the first the time I went through. Shirt. I was like, oh, maybe or that's... the color of the dark jeans. I don't know, but just, could everything's be. blue. But really, I think she's simply using descriptive language here to just put you in the song, which is cool because this is the first song I think on. Um, yeah, because we're on track five now, right? And the first four, they don't really have any like place things like we are not in a place when we hear this song like she just says how it feels or whatnot but now we're like in a bar with her we are like we are like in this with her in a way which is really cool because this is the first time i've seen this on the record it almost pays respect to the old country right yeah 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 definitely because that's always been a unique characteristic of country music is it's got that storytelling aspect to it where Mm -hmm. it seems like most pop and and also hip-hop is pretty much just oh we're in the bar getting drunk partying we're in the club whatever yeah Yeah. yeah. but this is like a really cool place and it's very like average it's not anything that's like super i don't know like um over the top it's like very um like this could be us in a way it's very um accessible yes Alrighty, guys. Um, let's take a quick pause, real quick. Quick pause, real quick. That didn't make much sense. Anyway, let's take a quick pause to hear a little bit more from our sponsor. Is that pause like as in pause the word, or pause as in like dog pause? <laughs> ah, that's clever. <laughs> Episode two hundred five of Taylor Talk is brought to you by BarkBox. Each month, BarkBox picks the best all natural treats and innovative toys to match your dog's unique needs, including allergies and heavy chewer preferences. And sends it right to your front door. Shipping's free within the continental U.S. All edible treats are made in the U.S.A. or Canada. When you subscribe, you'll get a themed box each month with all kinds of new and unique toys you will not find anywhere else that are sure to keep your fur babies engaged, interested, and happy. And if your dog doesn't like something in the box, BarkBox will send you something else that your pup will love for free because BarkBox is all about the doggy happiness. Now, um, we just received our first BarkBox recently, and you guys remember Clark? He made his little cameo appearance earlier in the episode. From the minute that box showed up on the doorstep, he was so happy. Clark knew that it was for him. Like, he could smell the... um, The treats and... Yeah, the uh, treats, the toys. He just knew that it was for him, and he was really happy when we um, opened the box and saw all the great things that it uh, came with two different kinds of treats um, and then it also came with two toys and just a whole bunch of other stuff and he was just like over the moon excited it was super excited and you know true to their word the snacks were all natural now those of you that know how I am with Clark I am totally paranoid about what goes in his body what he eats um, he eats only the best dog foods only all natural foods and things of that sort and 
I read the ingredient label of everything before I give it to him. He doesn't even get people scraps off the table or anything like that. He is on a very strict diet. Um, but the stuff that came in the bark box, true their word, it was in fact all natural. And I read the ingredient label. It was totally fine. Clark loved it. He loved the toys. His favorite was actually this stuffed hedgehog that came in it. Um, which we, of course, named Sonic because, you know, Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> Fittingly, of course, yes. And Clark loved that toy so much. It was so much fun watching him enjoy the Bark Box. In fact, um, you know, we took some photos of him opening the box and enjoying his toys and stuff. We're going to tweet those at Taylor Talk 13. So those will be available for you. You can see Clark, how much he loves the Bark Box. And I really, truly recommend the Bark Box. It's so cool, the stuff that came in it. Yeah, for sure. So BarkBox actually made an awesome offer for Taylor Talk listeners. For a free extra month of BarkBox, visit BarkBox.com slash TaylorTalk. Subscribe to a 6- or 12-month plan, and you'll get another month for free. All you have to do is visit BarkBox.com slash TaylorTalk so they know you're a TaylorTalk listener, and you'll get the special deal. Again, that's BarkBox.com slash TaylorTalk. Just wait till you see the happy look on your own pup's face. Isn't your pup worth it? Alrighty, it seems I interrupted at just the wrong time for our <laughs> ad spot because uh, Diane had one more thing to say about the verse. It's really not major. It's just about the rhyme scheme. So in the first three lines, the rhyme is like at, black, and back. And then she goes to the bar and then she sees this guy and the rhyme scheme changes. And now it's you, blue, do, you because she's with this guy again. So I just think that... Like, I just thought that was interesting how it's split like that. Like, it's like her life changed and she moved to a new place to see this guy, you know, from being in her room and now she's at the bar and the rhyme scheme also changes. So it's cool how that is like part of the words as well. I see that. Okay. And I'm actually glad you did revisit it because I just wanted to bring back in that idea of the heartbeat, Mm -hmm. you know, because, um, it continues through the pre-chorus that we're getting into. So we got to make sure we keep that in mind. Um, when she goes into, this ain't for the best. My reputation's never been worse. So you must like me for me. Yeah, I want you. We can't make any promises. Now can we, babe? But you can make me a drink. So it repeats. But it doesn't repeat because it adds a line. She says, yeah, I want you. Not only does it add a line, but... It's no longer that synthy sort of sound that Steve was talking about earlier that doesn't really have music accompanying with it. But now we got that heartbeat going. Mm. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of showing an evolution of the song. And we get a little bit more sound here. And you'll see as we go through the song, the sound continues to evolve. So, um, you know, as the sound evolves, obviously the lyrics evolve because Diane pointed out she adds in, yeah, I want you. So when we were talking about the first time this pre-chorus came up, which were those first few lines, that lack of confidence and feeling insecure. Now we've got the heartbeat going Mm -hmm. and a little bit more confidence. It's just a little bit of evolution, right? Where you've got, I want you. Mm -hmm. Just one subtle little line can change the entire meaning of an entire set of lyrics. Yeah. And I think that's interesting how that happens. Now, as we finish that, or sorry, Diane, do you have anything else to say? Because I, I interrupted any, you last time. I don't have time. anything to say. We can move on. So as it transitions into the chorus itself, that heartbeat stops. Hmm. Yeah. And the sound changes. And all of a sudden, it's this hesitant sound. Like, is it cool that I said all that? Is it chill that you're in my head? Because I know that it's delicate. Delicate. Thank you. <laughs> is it cool that I said all that? Is it too soon to do this yet? 
because I know that it's delicate. And then it goes, isn't it, isn't it, isn't it? And then it's just all these yes, you know, delicate, and then it's over. Mm-hmm. But you'll notice that the isn't it, and the reason I stopped there before getting into it is because the heart starts there again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Heart starts going again. So you've got that part at the beginning of the chorus there where it's like all these questions, and it's like as the confidence is coming, the lack of confidence sneaks its way in again. Yeah, because she's like, wait a second, did I say something wrong? Is he going to think I'm crazy? And it is almost like she has this sort of like gasp moment. And she's like, okay, is it cool that I said all that? Is it chill that you're in my head? Because I know this is kind of still fragile right now. And I think it's... Sorry, Steve, go. Is she getting the cold shoulder because she's using all these cool and chill sort of terms? But cool and chill are like casual, so she's like trying to make sure that this is still casual. Like, it, oh, did I? It break is, something? but but they're both kind of a cold sort of sense to it. And like using blue earlier, there blue is a color kind of known for its coolness. Yeah. I think Steve's right, and it's always important to look at word choice, right? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. she could have said, "Is it okay?" Mm-hmm. Right. You know. Oh, cool. there's nothing icy related though i wish she would have thrown that word in this verse somewhere i think it could have fit maybe possibly but you know here's something else to those questions though is i think they are her internal monologue Mm -hmm. as as the narrator of this story i think it's her internal monologue i don't think these are actual like outward questions that she's asking this other individual Oh, yeah, she would never say this out loud. That would be a real buzzkill right there. She'd be like, was that too much? Did I ruin it? You you don't say that out loud. (laughs) Right. But the reason I pointed out as being an internal monologue is because you get the heart stopping and this lack of confidence. It's just showing the overall tone, again, how it's kind of changing. And it's interesting because the evolution of the song that we were talking about as the sound evolves, it doesn't go from lack of confidence to just it's not this sort of linear straight up the Mm -hmm. graph type of progression but it goes up 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 then it drops it kind of like the stock market super annoying <laughs> um, but it goes up then it drops and then it'll start to go up again right I mean, that's how emotions are especially at the beginning if you just met someone like you're kind of confident and then at the same time you you're trying to be careful because you don't want to do something wrong and scare them away right now going into that part that you got a little ahead of me diane on is that the re- repetition of isn't it? So you've got that heartbeat sound that starts again, right? You've got this repetition, a frequent repetition. And like I mentioned earlier in the episode, we've seen her as an author use repetition quite often to feel anxious. But because of the sound of it, I actually don't feel anxious here. I don't know if you guys feel differently, though. Isn't it? I yeah. I don't, I don't feel <laughs> anxious at this part either. It almost feels relaxed the way she's doing it. It's like, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it? Like, it's not... Isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, isn't it? Like that this, would like, be anxious. It, yeah, it's like this cool jam that just kind of flows and... There's that cool and chill know. again. Yeah, yeah. So then in that case, what's her purpose with repetition here? To fill a space in a little... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. She doesn't have the answer, that's why. I guess, so is it... I'm trying to think how that would relate to emotion. So if she's anxious and then the heartbeat stops and the heartbeat is again it happens again and she's like isn't it i mean maybe it's almost like excited like you can be anxious and excited about a new relationship so maybe it's just more positive where she's like yeah this is fragile but 
What, what, what actually yeah. is delicate, I guess, in this song? That was actually going to be my next question. I'm trying to figure out what is, what is delicate. Is what it, is delicate? Is it, it one's reputation and it ties yeah. to this larger theme that we're kind of toying around with? Or is it talking about an individual relationship? Is it talking about love as a whole? Mm-hmm. What is delicate? I think it could be love or I could just think it could be like this pre-stage when you're not together but you kind of want to be and you're afraid of being the first person to say something or coming on too strong mm-hmm. i think it's just that like where you're where you like a person but you're unsure about how to proceed and you don't want to mess it up because you don't know if they like you back and all that uh-huh. other stuff yeah yeah so it's the onset it could be the onset of a relationship at a particularly vulnerable time mm-hmm. right that becomes delicate so yeah are we in agreement? Yes. Uh, it's a good, uh, we'll go with that one, but I'm sure there's like 500 things that you could use as the delicate part. Well, there's one. What's number two, Steve? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's a cycle right. on your washing machine. <laughs> How many delicate, times do you see yes. p- people uh, tweet pictures of that? Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I do use the delicate cycle when I wash my clothes. So. Always. Always delicate. Always. Because um, anyway. you know it's delicate? Yes. Isn't it? Exactly. Funny. You're so clever, Steve. Oh. Ah. Anyway, so as the song continues its evolution, right, we had the heart starting then again with the isn't it? Mm-hmm. But then as it goes into the next verse, you'll notice more instruments are brought in and the overall sound is more upbeat. It's more excited. But it still has that heartbeat general, like... It still keeps the heartbeat. Refrain, yeah. But the use of the heartbeat switches. The actual purpose its actual purpose switches from anxious to more excited now because your heart races in either situation when you're anxious and when you're excited and also anywhere in between so this is where i think this evolution's happening is i don't think the anxiousness is gone entirely yet but there's some excitement in there too so the heartbeat has multiple purposes here Mm -hmm. as the song continues to go right so as this verse goes it's got third floor on the west side me and you handsome you're a mansion with a view do the girls back home touch you like I do? Ooh. Long night with your hands up in my hair. Echoes of your footsteps on the stairs. Stay here, honey. I don't want to share because I like you. That was good reading with feeling. Adam. There you good go. Did you like that? I did better. Yeah. Yep. So let's start with those first couple lines, right? So we got third floor on the west side, me and you. Now we're, we're I think back that's to just, place. We're yes. back to place, which is cool. Setting up the scene. Yeah. But, but, but it's also that opposite thing all over again. The bar was on the east side. Now we're on the west side. So we got mm-hmm. opposites going on. It's great. Well, doesn't, doesn't Taylor live on the west side? Or isn't she kind of in the middle? I think. I don't know. It's like Middle West. I'm not one of those stalkers that knows where her apartment <laughs> is. I don't know. I just, I've, not I've, to put down I've anybody listening who knows where her apartment is, but. I feel like I've heard things. Okay. Um, anyway, but that's a great point, Steve, to point out is you got east side um, versus west side there. You've got these two opposites, and you also have different feelings at different points in the song. You've got um, depression and anxiousness, and now uh, still a little bit of anxiousness, but with excitement. So it's mm-hmm. almost a different type of anxiousness, even though there's still some anxious well, in there. And also, I feel like their relationship progressed in between the bar and now with, with this verse. Because at the beginning, when when they're at the bar, they're just kind of talking, and now other things are happening on the west side. So, well, let's start with that. Things have escalated. Let's start with one line in particular that I find particularly puzzling, and that's uh, "You're a mansion with a view." So you've mm-hmm. kind of got this. Uh, 
it's it's like sort of a metaphor of him being a mansion or you've got this personification of the mansion being him i can't quite tell i, I think that's the best line in it. this song by the way <laughs> it is it's very interesting steve why do you like it um well first off the rhyme between handsome and mansion is uh, always those rhymes that are just a little bit off that's i always enjoy mm-hmm. those and then also just the description of a, a handsome you're a mansion with a view that's just a it's almost like a pickup line or something like that. <laughs> well, okay, so part of so she's calling him a house basically. So, like she's calling him property, um, which is interesting because most of the time girls in the past have been referred to as property, and now she's calling him, I guess, a piece of property. And like, I mean, I am sure she didn't mean for it to sound so bad. But I can't help but think, like, wow, she's calling him, like, just this really nice house. Like, she sees him as, like, this really nice piece of property. Mm, I don't know. I, I, I don't see it any different than, really, the dark jeans and the Nikes look at you line, where it's just, it's it's a physical part of the attraction, I think, is what this means. That's all. Yeah, that's true. That is, okay. You, you so don't have to, uh, you're like not, you don't place. have to objectify or, you know, know. own or something like that. I mean, I can see where you can come from on yeah. that. But I think it's more of just... Hey, I have that physical attractiveness to you. I don't think it's so much as objectifying so much as it is um, describing. Okay. I think it, it's more describing and also comparing. Yeah, you're so... Well, I mean, that's what people want. Like, people want a nice house with a nice view. And now she's, she's like, wow, I've finally gotten the thing I've always wanted. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's kind of like an American dream thing. I mean, for well, for the majority of us, the American dream is the whole uh, house with a white picket fence. I guess for someone like Taylor, it's a mansion with a view, which... And a guy who's uh, from Britain, not America. So, so I, I see where you're going with that, Diane, how it's, it's perhaps just simply saying, like, I finally found you. Yeah. And then um, with the next line, when she asks if, like, if, if... Um, like, she says home again. Like, can you read the next line, Adam? Uh, do the girls back home touch you like I do? Yeah, so now there's that idea of home, which I think is interesting, because in the line before, she talks about a house as well. Hmm. Except right? home, yeah. but that's a weird use of home, because it's not talking about home being where the heart is type thing. It's talking about home being the other place. Yeah, so it's like she has him in the line before and then in the very next line when she thinks she has him she wonders like oh do the girls back home back where you live touch you like i do so she's there's still that like sense of she's anxious yeah Mm -hmm. and that's where i think this song is starting to evolve is you're seeing confidence develop here but there's still a level of insecurity in those lyrics and those hesitations within those lyrics so that's a that's a good point diane Mm -hmm. yeah Um, Keep going. Or, or you got it. Well, or Keep she's going. not anxious, or she could just be like overconfident and almost like smug, like like I am, like yeah. Do they touch? Than... Do they touch you like I do? Yeah, like that. So the, I, I'm the one that could... tickles you in the happy place. Stop. The, the, this the song. The song re- <laughs> seemed like a little bit of a throwback to Hey Steven, though. Hey you. Hey, no, Steven. hey. Well, yeah, yeah. Hey you. Steven's favorite yeah, song. Exactly. <laughs> But, but we know the, the part we know it was where... actually written about you, Steve. Even okay. though, uh, yeah, good. I anyway, almost so, forgot about. Sorry, that I totally song. interrupted. Steve. It's all I'm good. Sorry. It's all good. I'm sure you guys have a clue where I'm going with this, anyhow. But it's about the. But would they write a song for you? That's what mm. popped into my mind. You know, 
okay yeah. about the other girls but would they write a song for you yeah no I, which i thought was cool because that kind of reflected in this one a similar sort of lyric good memory yeah. i would not have made that connection because i sometimes forget about the old songs <laughs> i haven't listened to that song in like a year i need to fix that immediately Uh oh. <laughs> shame on you diane well, my name's not in the song, so I don't listen to it a lot, but I can see why Steve likes it. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, so next line, long night with your hands up in my hair. Uh, I think this is just setting the scene again. I don't think there's, I, no, I don't get much depth out of this. Um, but then the next part, echoes of your footsteps on the stairs. Mm. Hey, we got another rhyme here, hair and stairs. Yeah. Um, so echoes of your footsteps on the stairs. Now we see that echo is a recurring word that she uses throughout many, many songs. Um, in the past, I believe we've more or less come to the conclusion she uses echoes to sort of represent ghosts of the past or represent memories, Mm -hmm. things of that sort. So here's what's something interesting to me when we're talking here, echoes of your footsteps on the stairs. Are we talking anticipation because she can hear someone coming up the stairs or are we talking memories? Because we talk about someone going down the stairs. Yeah. I, because if you go with that next line, you could really say that's them leaving your place. Yeah. Yeah, I am with you on that, Steve. Because that's like, he leaves, and it's like she can hear him leave, and she's like, but I want you to stay. So stay here, honey, I don't want to share. Um, and that kind of ties to the girls, uh, do the girls back home touch you like I do mm-hmm. type thing. Um, so echoes could be memories, but right. it's like keeping with that memory idea. Well, I was thinking with the sound and the footsteps and the stairs, I was like, this sounds like another song. One that, that I should remember here. and Oh, uh, um, if we were a movie? No, actually I was going with a non-Taylor song on this one. Oh. If this were a movie. If we, I, isn't that a Hannah Montana song? <laughs> <laughs> it is. I, I was going I with don't Car- know what you're talking about. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I was going with Carly to- Simon, All I Want Is You. Because there's a line that says, I do not want a man who tiptoes upstairs. Hmm. Yeah. Why? Hmm. Well, it's because it's they... Yeah. Oh, okay. It's 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 worth taking a listen to that song. Uh, I used to hear it um, when I was working retail all the time. That song would come on, and I kind of had some of the lyrics in my mind. I actually looked at the lyrics. I'm like, whoa! And, and there's a lot of Carly Simon sort of stuff that you can see in Taylor's music mm-hmm. on uh, this album. Hmm. So feel free to check that out. Cool. Eventually. Yep. And by eventually, I mean I probably won't, but I'll trust you, Steve. I will check it out as soon as we're done recording. Oh, are we going to talk about the meatloaf thing again? What? From the oh, last gosh. time? The meatloaf. You don't know who meatloaf is, Diane. Who's meatloaf? You're too young. What? Well, we talked about it last time. Is and it then... a rapper? Is it... No. <laughs> <laughs> far from it. Yeah. Uh, far from it. Can we stay on task, though? Sure. Go on, on topic. On topic. So either way, all I was getting to is I've always thought that that her use of the word echo has always been very interesting because in this case, we're talking about the impact of the sound on the song also, mm-hmm. but lyrics provide sound also. Do you know what else just happened with this verse, which happened in the verse before? So back with, uh, with the words. So there's you, view, and do for that rhyme. And then there's hair, stairs, and share. And then at the bottom, she says you again. Mm-hmm. So that draws more, like, mm. right? So we've got one line that doesn't fit the, you uh, know, the whole scheme of the rhyme. Well, it does with the first three lines. Right, but she's drawing more attention to it because that doesn't fit. 
I see what I you're saying. So being able to like alternate, you. being able to alternate the rhyme can draw more attention to something that doesn't fit. Yeah, mm-hmm. because in the flow. that ending part is short, and she like wants you to see that, like, oh, she likes him. Mm-hmm. She's admitting it, which she did before, but. I like that. That's good. Mm-hmm. Very clever. Very clever. Now, as we continue through the song, you've got the pre-chorus and the chorus again, which typically I wouldn't touch on again. And lyrically, we won't. But I think something that's important to point out is that the excitement carries. So where we hear the pre-chorus before and the chorus versus now, it's a totally different tone. Same mm-hmm. lyrics, different tone. And I think that's very interesting how that can happen, how the exact same lyrics can mean something totally different if you simply change the music that accompanies them. Mm-hmm. So um, that's all I kind of wanted to say about that, unless you guys have something extra. Because like I said, we've covered them lyrically already earlier in the song. Mm-hmm. You oh, guys okay. Good? Yeah. Okay. So then um, all that leaves us with is sometimes I wonder no, when... No, 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 start no, over. no, no, start no. Over. I'm not allowed to start. This is like short bursts where it's like short bursts of like the way she... Okay, do you want to read it? No, you, because, can, like, no, you can do it. No, you can you do it. You keep criticizing the way I read. You got it. I'm just trying to read. Okay. Sometimes I wonder when you sleep, are you ever dreaming of me? Sometimes when I look in your eyes, I pretend you're mine all the damn time. Because I like you. Okay, the ending one's good, yeah. There you go. <laughs> what you got, Diane? This is your favorite part. It's not actually not my favorite part at all. <laughs> um, that's weird that you would bring that up. I feel like, so this is called the bridge of the song, right? I bridge, guess so. Yeah, because this is the part that's different. Um... I feel like there are other songs in the album where the bridge is better, um, but this is still good. It's fine. It's just not my favorite. Okay. Well, you were <laughs> pointing out that um, the lines are very punchy at this point, yeah. right? Now, going with this whole idea that the sound evolves throughout the song, we have depression to anxious or depression and anxiousness to anxiousness and excitement. Now we have something punchy. Why? It sounds like she can't breathe when she's saying like, "Sometimes I." Not that sounds bad, but sometimes I wonder. When yeah, that's still see. bad. It's still bad? Okay. But you get the idea. You get what I'm trying to go for. It's like she, she can't uh, like quite say what she wants to out loud, and it's very like punchy, and it's, I don't know, she she like breathes fast when she sings it. Sometimes is a weird word to use there. Yeah. Hmm. Kind of. Well, it's not very exact. It's kind of just random. You mean you, like, you, you think it should be all the time? No, I, or it no, could you don't be, want to say I all the time. Just leave it out like entirely. Stop. I wonder when you sleep, are you ever dreaming of me? Um, she probably needed the syllable count there to yeah. do that punchy sound, though. Mm-hmm. It also sounds like she's not committing to it. Like She's like, well, sometimes I wonder when you sleep, are you ever... And it's not like, you know, like it almost wants... Like, yeah, yeah like actually, you know what? I see it now. I see it. The, the lines are opposites. Here we go again. So you have sometimes, and then the next one is the ever. Are you ever dreaming of me? And then the uh-huh. next one is sometimes, and then all the damn time. So you have oh, something. Oh, whoa, you, yeah. You know what I mean? So what are you getting at exactly? How, how, how can it be sometimes when I look in your eyes, I pretend you're mine all the damn time? Unless she's saying sometimes she pretends that he's always hers it's not like she won she wonders this all the damn time which i don't even like that use of damn there i feel like it's excessive i don't like it but but she could have used i pretend your mind sometimes just all the time and just draw out the right i don't like damn time but whatever but Um, it is that they're 
going from a sometimes to an every all time kind of deal. Mm-hmm. I like how that's used. Yeah. Um, Adam, do you have anything else to add for the bridge here? With no, these short bursts? I mean, we talked about the short bursts and the sound of it. I mean, lyrically, the way I see it at this point is it's an escape from reality. It's the deep breath needed after the anxiousness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of how I see this particular part is as an escape. And especially because sometimes people do need to escape reality and give their brain a break for a minute. So um, that's how I see it. Um, And then, of course, it goes back into the is it cool that I said all that and all the chorusy stuff. So Mm -hmm. um, that kind of sums up the song. Any last thoughts on the song as a whole, the way the sound evolved? Did this actually happen or not, though? That's the only thing I'm not 100% sure on. What do you mean? Uh, it's almost to me uh, like a dream. This huh. whole thing is imagined, possibly. Well, it could be. I don't know if we'll ever know. But we should go to the east side and to that bar and ask the bartender, hey, was Taylor Swift ever in here with a blonde <laughs> dude? Because we want to know if Delicate was real or not. How about, how about we just like all move to New York and we start a business that offers Taylor Swift walking tours of New York City? Then we could be totally creepy stalkers. Oh. <laughs> Are you going to go to the third floor on the west side somewhere? Ooh, yeah, if you couldn't notice from my tone there, I was being sarcastic. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not moving to New York. That's my least favorite city in the whole world. What? I know you Oh, I can't it. stand that I city. Really? Oh. I can't stand it. It's dirty. It's gross. It's mm. crowded. It's loud. It's <laughs> icky. And especially, it's just dirty and gross. Isn't I it? just think it's over... <laughs> God, Steve. <laughs> Isn't it, it is isn't it, indeed isn't it, isn't it? and it's nobody delicate. there is delicate nobody's delicate nobody there is delicate because oh, you know everybody there so we can rate this song we got to rate this song it's very oh, yeah. important well hang on before we got to that point though my last question was do we still feel it ties into a theme of a reputation's a complex thing that doesn't really exist mm. she mentions the word yeah, reputation you know, she, she, yeah she mentions it in the song yeah. but it doesn't have to be mentioned in the song to be part of the theme though you don't need the word right? i don't know this is just my favorite okay <laughs> i think we got diane's rating already it's Steve, beautiful so. Steve. Steve. what's up why do you want to write the song oh do i write uh, yeah, well usually scale adam has to, to do like the whole yeah the whole scale and all that stuff don't oh, on a scale of one to 13 how do you want to rank the song with one being terrible and 13 being off the charts insanely awesome Uh, so a couple things number one i feel that this is at least so far as you remember i'm only listening to one song at a time working my way through and uh i've I've actually listened to the next song but that's just because of when we recorded shame on you steve but but well i've been listening to delicate since the beginning of the new year so I felt oh, okay, that it was time to move on to another okay, song. Okay, gotcha. I think yeah. that's fair. But I think Delicate seems like the most 1989 song on Reputation so far. Hmm, why? It, just the sound of it. it. It has a very somewhat 80s vibe to it that I felt that a lot of 1989 was like that. Okay. So it's it's almost like the super duper deluxe of 1989, including Delicate. You know, Maybe that's <laughs> why I like it. Maybe. Uh, but on a scale of 1 to 13, um, I like both the song itself and the lyrics. That usually puts it pretty high up on my list. I'm going to go and give it a 13. Good job, Steve. I, I felt it was a 12 and a half up to a 13, but I, since we do whole numbers, it's going to be 13. It's it's so far um, probably my favorite song on 
reputation. Where would you? Where is where is it lacking the point five? Uh, may, maybe just playability, just a little bit. Like there's I, some other I ones, concur. old school songs that I can play, and I'm just like, I will never tire of this. I love everything about this, <gasps> and I just don't. I don't. I don't say I feel tired of it. It's just I don't reach for it like I do other Taylor songs that I would have given a 13 out of 13. All right. Well, I am curious to see what you think when you, because you, you've only listened to six songs on this album. So I'm curious to see what you think when, you know, when you've heard all of them, whether or not this is your favorite, because right. we usually have the same song that we like in common. So I'm, I'm just a little so, so that is this song <laughs> for you in, on this album. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Without a doubt. Any other ones runners up at good. all? Um, um, King of My Heart is really good. Okay. Just so, for that bridge. Like, I, so I, I like, live for that bridge. So you're rating then, Diane? 13. Done. Of course it is. So, for me, I'm kind of, I'm kind of with Steve on this one, right? So, it's, it's definitely, dare I say, a skip song for me. It's not. <gasps> oh, what? Wait, I didn't say me, it was a skip fired. song. It, it's one that I just, it's not a, it's not a jam on repeat you don't type like of song. Those okay. songs. You're but. Mm-hmm. But, you know, our job here is to critically analyze the songs. And I think the way it's written and I think the progression of the sound that we talked about and the way it evolves and the way the sound and the lyrics really tie together to evoke the appropriate emotions of the listener and things of that sort. I think it's a perfectly written song. So I I still have to give it a 13. It's just not my personal favorite. Like, I don't listen to it Mm -hmm. all the time, which could have a lot to do with the fact that I don't relate to it. You know, you often skip the song when we're in the car and I yell at you. That's true. That does happen a lot. So um, anyway, that was our analysis of Delicate. And I hope everybody out there listening enjoyed it. Um, again, if you're if you're new and you're a new listener, welcome. If you've been listening for a while, thank you for being here and sticking around. A couple little thank yous before we go. I want to thank Swaggy400 and uh, Timeless Reputation, who gave us both five-star reviews on iTunes. That's I really nice. appreciate thank that. You. So thank you for the feedback from both of you. If you feel so inclined to leave us a review on iTunes, you can actually visit taylortalk.org. And that serves as a shortcut that will take you directly to our iTunes page. And you can leave a review there. Again, taylortalk.org will take you directly there. If you have any feedback on the episode and want to reach out to us directly, you can do so on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at taylortalk13. Again, on Twitter, that's at taylortalk13. We're also on Facebook, but not as much. But that's also taylortalk13 if you're not a Twitter person. Did you ever say Instagram? I didn't say Instagram because we're never on there. We it exists, are not, but but someone very nice does it for us. Yes, thank you, Rachel. Thank you. Yes. So she's helping us out, posting pictures and stuff up there for us, making us relevant. Are you saying we're irrelevant? I don't know. Well, if you don't post anything, I mean, yeah. that's, that's how you get to be that way, real quick. I guess so. Mm-hmm. Alrighty, guys. So um, let's wrap it up. Episode 205 of Taylor Talk, the Taylor Swift podcast. We were talking about delicate. Give us feedback. For now, this has been Adam. Diane. And Steve. Saying have a great whatever period of time it is between now and when episode 206 comes out. <laughs> if uh, you're curious as to how you can get these new episodes, hit that subscribe button in iTunes and you'll get them all as they come out and as they release, we are on a weird sort of schedule. I probably should have mentioned this before we were signing off, but we're on a weird sort of schedule because 
we're busy with our real careers and things of that sort. And this is more of a side project and a hobby that we do for fun, um, you know, with all you guys that listen to us. So hit that subscribe button in iTunes. Again, you can get there by going to taylortalk.org. Anyway, that was a really long sign-off. So bye-bye. Bye. Okay, bye. This podcast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift.